And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC this Monday morning. I'm your host, Sean Fry, joined by the illustrious, youngest assistant coach, if you look at him, in the Kansas Jayhawk Conference, Jason Hinson, assistant coach of the Labette men's basketball team. Uh, the second straight Labette men's basketball representative I've had on The War Room. I don't usually do that. I try to spread it around. But you guys are the story in town right now. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. On Saturday, you guys played Johnson County in the region championship um, over in Wichita, you guys lost that game. Uh, you know, you guys won a Jayhawk conference in the regular season, won a crazy semifinal game over Highland, and right. we'll talk about that. But uh, right now, as of Monday morning, you guys believe that your season may not be over. The NJCAA does have at least one at-large bid to go to the D2 National Tournament because at least one region didn't play COVID I, we, because of COVID. Right. I don't know how many at-larges there are. I don't know how many regions didn't go. I haven't kept track of that. But, you know, Coach Stanford, your boss, Jared Stanford, he believes that you guys have a very good at-large resume, and I believe that as well. We can talk a little bit about that. I just kind of want to get your thoughts of where you're at right now with, with, with regards to where you feel like the program's at. Do you feel like you guys – might still play some basketball this year. Um, it's hard to say. I think we've, we've earned the right to continue playing. I don't know the process of, you know, of his committee or who does it, mm -hmm. thinking it's no ESPN <laughs> six-man booth that can, you know, analyze who this is. There's no that. bracketology. Right, it, which it was. I think we have a good chance. We we Our case is pretty strong, but I don't know who's arguing our case. We put it that mm -hmm. way. Um, I personally feel that we deserve a chance. Our, our conference is loaded. Yeah. Every year is loaded. Um, what, what I think is going to... You know, and obviously, a lot of times, but you know, honestly, by the time a lot of these people probably listen to this show, we'll know the answer. Right. And so we'll throw the caveat at the end. But I'll say this: looking at the resumes to whether you might guys get automatic, you know, selected as an at large, your resume is you have a bunch of wins over ranked teams. I want to say four wins over ranked D twos. I, I think so. all your losses are to ranked opponents. Ranked D one and D two. Ranked D one and D twos. Right. Uh, never lost at home. Uh, you guys won the Jayhawk Conference, widely regarded as one of the toughest conferences in the country. On the right. women's side, it is the toughest, without question. Right. And on the men's side, it's got to be in the top two or three. Uh, you guys went to the region finals, played a good game against Johnson County. Uh, it, it, the, the team that beat you is a team you had beaten earlier right. in the year. Uh, and you guys never got shut down due to COVID. Right. And so you guys have stayed healthy. But at the same time, what I think is going to hurt is you guys are never ranked. And what I think the NJCAA is going to do is they're just, they're just going to go down the ranking and find the first team that wasn't that didn't win their region title and say, "All right, that's it." Exactly. Yeah, that, that's my fear as well. And I, what I don't understand is why, to a degree, I can understand why you weren't ranked basically throughout the regular season. You know, when you start looking at the resumes of teams, I particularly look at Fort Scott, and I don't want to pick on them because their coach is a good dude, and oh, they yeah. run a good program definitely, over definitely, there. Definitely. But you look at Fort Scott's resume, and then you compared it to LaBette's about the time you beat them, and I thought, why are they number 11 and LaBette's unranked? Right. I don't see a difference. A, a lot of the rankings, I don't know the exact process of it, but it's, it's a lot of, obviously you think, but it's a lot of politics. Someone has to nominate oh, yeah. you to be ranked, and then someone else backs it, and then it's a lot that goes into it. For sure. Um, I think our timing was bad, too. We actually and lost. And they started the year ranked, too, admittedly. They did. I think, so. yeah, they were pretty or even mentioned for votes, uh, yeah. if it wasn't ranked. Um, our timing was bad. We beat uh, Fort Scott, who was top 10, and mm -hmm. then we lost a nail-biter at a KCK yeah. over time. We win that game. I think we're definitely ranked 
Correct. Um, yeah, and this was a bad time. We backed it up by beating number eight Johnson County. The very next game. The very yeah. next game, but still, that, that you know kind of hurts us. A little it, bit. It, what? And like I said, and I get that. And you know, you can basically I can defend Labette not being ranked all the way up until that first postseason week. I right. don't understand a Jayhawk Conference champion who has beaten four ranked teams or three ranked teams up to that time and beaten the other two Jayhawk champions that were ranked. I don't understand Labette not being ranked at that point. Right. And that seemed like an oversight. Yeah. I think they stopped the rankings a week before. They didn't release a new one going into the into that I, I region tournament week? Final, and it was a week before we actually played the playoffs, I think. But okay. I, I, again, I don't know. We don't get caught a lot in the rankings because in the day, they really don't mean yeah. too much. But now nah. they do. Yeah, now <laughs> they do. <laughs> they one chance time to do. So, um, this is the most in-depth ranking conversation I've had on record with probably, any coach ever. Right, right. <laughs> Talk about things you can't control. But, yeah, I mean, so. We don't usually get too much into that, but yeah, mm -hmm. it, it kind of hurt us, maybe potentially hurt us this time. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the Johnson County Championship game real quick. Uh, obviously, that I, and I think uh, Stanford in his post game uh, uh, comments to me said it best. You guys were just uncharacteristic of yourselves that game. Right. Uh, ball didn't move as well. Uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of fouls, which you know I. I want to say I felt like the officials called the game differently between half to half. They let a lot go in that first half. I think they only called what eight, nine fouls in the first half. Right. And then Johnson was in the double bonus by the first media timeout of the yeah. second. Uh, you know, just because a foul count is lopsided doesn't mean they were wrong. But at the same time, you know, everybody has their own thoughts. There's no question a lot of fouls were called, and that right. had to have affected the game a little bit. And I feel like it just killed any momentum you guys would build as you guys seem to kind of rev up to try and come back. Johnson County got up as much as 22. You would cut it to maybe 16, and then, oh, foul. So yeah, they're back up 18. Right. Cut it to maybe 14 foul, back up to 16. What's, what was your takeaway from, from Saturday's loss? Yeah, I think they um, they made 27 free throws. I think yes. they were 27 of 40. 27 of 40. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, but for a team that only scored 77, you're looking, they scored about a little, they scored over 30% of their points from the free throw line. Right. In a game you lost by eight, they scored 27 points exactly. there. Exactly, that hurts. And it was the same token, we were six of 30 from three. Yeah. You know, it, it boils down to, do you make shots, do you not make shots? And you'd been shooting about 40% from the three-point line right, kind of yeah. over this run, and right. you shot 20, and that got cut in half. Yeah. And, and a lot of that you mentioned was just the ball movement stuck. It wasn't open shots that we usually take, mm -hmm. um, kickouts and things like that. It, it kind of hurt us. It was like basically one-on-one -on -one shots mm -hmm. or late late uh, shot clock shots. You watch Ga you know, you watch Gage Keenan play. You know, he may go down as my favorite Labette men's player since I've yeah. been here, and there's a lot of good ones out there. That, right. guy's, that guy's done three tours already. Right. But, uh you know, he's a, uh, he, I, you know, you look at him and you think he played well. He played hard. He just didn't shoot the ball well. He was 0-7 from three. And in the games that have mattered most to you, he's gone on tears from the three-point line. Right. Um, he was dealing with little back issues earlier. Yeah. It's not an excuse for him, but um, a lot of things were, were it's, it's a difference. It's a one-shot one, one shot deal. Yeah. There's so many variables. You know, it could be maybe they need the right breakfast or maybe he's using Subway to eat something different. A lot of things go into it. Especially in a big or sometimes game like you this. just don't shoot well. Just, sometimes you don't shoot well. The ball doesn't go in. I know some were basically almost in and out, but yeah. uh, Johnson played a good game. They had a great game plan. They, I thought they, they did defend well. They, did, they defended really well. They they didn't let you get those kickouts. Right, right. I mean, they were they were very cognizant of how the three killed them when when you beat them here in Parsons right. about a week or two ago. They were very cognizant of the effect of the three pointer had on that game. They said we're not going to let them do that. Yeah, we're going. This is the main thing to us. To me, to me personally. Um, the second half, we kind of got our little mojo back and played with some intensity and, and some pressure. We were in our heels and just playing passes the first, the yeah. first half, and that hurt us. And they got you won the second three. half. You won it by what six eight something right, like that. Right. I mean, it's, by the end, it was kind of 
yeah out of our, of our reach a little bit but they played hard i'm proud of our guys obviously mm-hmm. um it was no yelling obviously in the locker room there's a lot of it's a lot of tears yeah and i express them that it's supposed to hurt mm-hmm. i'm glad it hurts you but it, it's something you can use you and know? to give an idea of the type of person that i think gage is uh you mentioned he had back issues yesterday had i interviewed him after the game and i, and I asked him why did you go 07 from three i don't think he would have said that no no not he at would all. not have cited back issues not at all he would have put it on anything else uh, let's talk about the Highland game, the semifinal game. Yes, yes. And let's talk about the the headline from that game, which was the final foul call. You guys were down one with about three seconds left. I can't remember exactly how much time was on the clock. Right. Uh, Devin Longstreet rebounds the missed free throw, races up the floor. And the first thought that went through my head is he needs to kick it up. Mm-hmm. Like the ball moves faster on a pass than it does. So when I kind of realized he wasn't going to do it, I was like, all right, he's taking the shot. He goes up for a running shot that didn't have a chance of going in, and it didn't. It right. went off the side of the backboard. But uh, Highlands, number one, uh, Marquise, I can't remember his last name. Milton, Marquise, he, Marquise, Milton. Marquise Milton. He had played well that game. Really too. good player, yeah. Marquise he's, he's Milton is a great player. player. Right. Uh, comes underneath him, kind of makes contact with Devin Longstreet's hip as he's wrapping behind him. And the explanation I got from Jared Sanford at the game, which I'm sure the explanation that the ref had was he came into Devin's landing platform, right. didn't give him space to land, so he whistles a foul. Devin hits two or three free throws, and that's ball game right there. I'll ask you on the spot real quick. Was it a foul? It was a foul. And the funny story about this, um, mm-hmm. I can remember the day almost perfectly. It was like September, maybe 25th. I had surgery on my wrist. I was in the cast. Yes. We have no this past year in, in 2020? Yes. Okay. It's a hot gym. We know we're all cranky, and we're playing like a, a little scrimmage thing. And uh, Devin's in the corner. Oh, uh, one of our players in the corner. They sticking to him. Devin tries to block the shot, mm-hmm. and I call a foul. And he's obviously upset. You know, he didn't think it was a foul. And I, we went back and forth. I said, it's a foul, and the ref calls it a foul. He's like, no, he's going back and forth with it. And we actually got into a spat because I explained to him, they will make that call. You have to have time to land. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't register it because this is a different kind of thing in college. <laughs> you got to have space to land. And we're on the rest, like they got space to land. And um, it kind of did where we had to end the practice early. It kind of got kind of heated a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we got in the locker room. And I looked at Devin and I. I said, yeah. remember what I told you? And he smiled. <laughs> it, it happens. You gotta have space to land. They're gonna make that call. You might have to take call, but it's just serendipity that this happened to here, and it was it was the right call. And it, it like mm-hmm. I think uh, Coach Stanford said, it takes kind of guts to make that call. Um, I don't think a lot of our refs have the guts. They 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 can make any call they want anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's guts in their party. He called it not, but it, it was a foul. I thought he got a little bit on the wrist too, but you gotta yeah. have time, to, space to land. And and the thing about basketball, there's no. You never know what kind of equation you're going to get in those last second moments, offensively or defensively. Are you getting a crew that is going to call the game the same way they did the right. 39 minutes and 50 seconds before? Right. Are you going to get a crew that will will want blood on the foul because they want the, the players to decide it on the floor? Right. Will you get Will you get a defense? Will a defender? Will they play the same way they played for 39 minutes and 50 seconds? Right. Or, or will they be so scared of fouling that how many times do you see guys just get kind of clean looks because? A guy has his hands almost behind his ears guarding. Because you tell the last thing he said in the huddle, don't foul, don't foul. Don't foul. Don't foul. <laughs> last thing you say in the huddle coming out, don't foul, don't foul. Mm-hmm. Um, but refs are human too. I mean, they, they feel the pressure of the game. They feel the, the tenses of the moment. Oh, yeah. So things could change either way. It's kind of... That it. ref was right there who made the call. Right. He was, I mean, he was probably three, four wheel away on the sideline. He was on the angle to see Milton come around to the side and see the contact. Nobody right. had a better view in the gym than that ref. Right, right. I think because it, it was secondary contact that he called, mm-hmm. made that call. Yeah. Um, the initial contest, I think, was 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 better than— uh, Correct. It was know, a good just, contest. Initially. Right. And yeah. that secondary contact was, was got him. Because mm-hmm. as a shooter, um, I know I've seen you stroke, Sean. You're an excellent shooter. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Wrist form, everything's perfect. Um, oh, my goodness. Little, little things can throw you off. It's like your golf swing. You don't want to mess with it. I always tell yeah. my guys, 
Don't get too cute with your shot. You want to be able to fix it. You want to have everything the right way. And a, a tap here, a tap there can throw things off. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, he realized that and he, he made the call. But, and one thing I probably didn't even highlight about that highlighting game enough in my in my recap in the Parsons Sun is you guys were down nine in the second half. You guys we had were. to come back in that game. We were. We were. Uh, you know, that was, a, you know, and Highland was a good team. You guys have had to come back a lot <laughs> lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about... What about that game and really the identity of that whole run has allowed you guys to just really keep your really kind of the phrase I use is you keep banging your head against the wall. Eventually it breaks. Right. Right. And, you know, a lot of people say don't bang your head against the wall. It seems like your guys' mentality in games has been keep going, keep going. It will break eventually. And you guys have broken it a lot. What about this team is just kind of has that comeback mojo about them? We, we were played earlier in the year with slower starts mm-hmm. um, and then come out the half and kind of get a different kind of feel or mojo to us. Um but I think at the end of the day, we're just we're competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that Seabiscuit thing. He sees on the side, and okay, now it's time to go. Something clicks for him. Um, and I think a lot of it is they realize that um, they, they have a chance to win every game. And, and a lot of times, um, I talk about it with, with bigger programs or more illustrious programs like Johnson County maybe and, and Highland, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. They expect to win every game. Yeah. It's like kind of us or a lesser team playing a, a JV team. They yeah. might go on a run. They might, you might get down. But in the day, you expect to win. Mm-hmm. I think our guys expected to to win, yeah. so it's a matter of time they figure before things start clicking in, and they, mm-hmm. you know, can make our run. Well, hey Jason, you want to stick around? We're gonna go a quick break. You sure. mind? Yeah. All right, uh, we'll come back on the war room here on KLKC. More of Jason Henson uh, from the Lebet Cardinals men's basketball team when we when we come back. Don't go anywhere. And we're back with Jason Henson, assistant men's basketball coach of Lebet Community College, here on the war room. I'm your host Sean Fry, uh, Coach Henson. We were talking about kind of the run that you guys had down the stretch of the year. Uh, and it culminated with a with a conference championship. You guys won a share of the Kansas Jayhawk Conference alongside well, Fort Scott. Let me interrupt you there. Um, Go ahead. It's not the uh, the 96 uh, coaches poll and the AP poll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we won, in my mind. And I, I told oh, guys, yeah. we won. It, it was a tiebreaker situation. And uh, I, so, yeah. share, maybe t- record-wise, we shared and tied it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're, we're, but you we're beat the, the two teams that exactly, you shared so. it with. And that's why you got the one seed in the Region 6 exactly, tournament. 100%. So. The what I was going to ask you about is you've been around basketball for a long time. You're in your 40s. I think a lot of people would look at you and think you're in your 30s. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I want to know how many conference championships or or league titles or whatever equivalent. How many of those have you actually been a part of over your lifetime? This is actually my my first. I've had probably first five seconds, five tie for seconds or so. Or <laughs> this is this actually my first. It's what like, so what did that feel like? Um, it's it's having a chance to really meditate on it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, coaches always preach, and we got to preach the next game. It's not over yet. We got to do this, got to do that. And um, it, it's slowly sinking in how big of a deal it was and what mm-hmm. we did accomplish. But um, looking back, I know it's going to feel great. I know it right now yeah. it's, it's sinking up there, but it's a, it's a mm-hmm. huge accomplishment. I think part of it is, and and we know, and we had talked at the top of the show, the season might not be over. But looking right. to next season, I think it sets a new bar for LeBet, man. And I think it sets a different bar than you had a couple, you know, four years ago when you first made the region finals. Right. Because that team just got hot at the right time. Right, right. And I don't want to take away, it's hard to get hot at the right time exactly. and make it that far. And you guys had a good team that year. Uh, I want to say Frank was on, Frank Royals was on Frank that Royals, team. Yes. Uh, Kayshawn Charles, if I yep. remember too, the yep. the the bad shot maker. <laughs> he was. The, yeah. He would either give you thirty or you needed him on the bench. Yeah, two, <laughs> yeah. two two great talents though. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah, absolutely. Guys, so. But uh, I think the difference with this year's team is you guys win a title and go to the region finals. That is 
now now the bar is clear. We're a conference-titled capable team. Right. We know the caliber of basketball we can play at LeBet. How does that affect recruiting and, and your mindset going into an offseason and preparing for next winter? Um, I think it's coaching staff. Uh, we try to instill in the players we have the expectation mm-hmm. that we're going to do this and do that. We're going to we do expect to win. Um, but now we have something to back it up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something uh, yeah. tangible to say, okay, we've done this here. It can't be done here. We expect to be, for it to be done here. Yeah. We don't think it was a, a crap shoot or, or, you know, once in a lifetime thing. It was our first yeah. time ever doing it, but, one, you know, it wasn't a fluke. Exactly. So I think it's going to be an expectation, and um, we want those expectations. We want that to be part of the uh, the program. Mm-hmm. You know that. Does that affect, how does that affect uh, recruiting down the road? Obviously, just your conversations with recruits. Are you able, I mean, I would imagine saying, hey, this is the expectation we're going to win a conference title. That may sway a recruit a bit. But if they're if they're kind of tossed up between them and Fort Scott or them and Heston or them and whoever, them and Highland, whoever, they may go a bit because, look, they just want it. Right. right. There's proof positive right there. Well, I, I've never been able to use that in my recruiting skill. Until <laughs> <laughs> now. No, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. You know, we, we are conference champions. That's, that's a mm-hmm. big deal. Um, my, my concern now, honestly, for probably thinking is with the gym remodel, where are we going to put our banner at? <laughs> we don't have to wait a year till the gym's done. But you uh, get, what you need is T-shirts that, and I'm sure they're being made. You guys need, so. right. you guys need T-shirts that say Jayhawk Champions, and that's a T-shirt you got to wear everywhere you go recruiting this summer. Right, right. just well, that. <laughs> I was hoping we got the, uh, the the front page like you did for the girls last year. I had it in my in my wallet. Okay, something. so, <laughs> but in the interest of transparency, Pierce Thomas said the exact same thing. He DMs me on Twitter later that night after you guys won the conference, and he goes, "We need those papers for the culture." <laughs> He's, I love Pierce. He's yeah. a good dude, man. And I want to tell you before you get congratulations on your award for sports. Thank you very much. I mean, you, know, you do a lot for the area, obviously. And mm-hmm. I know um, every Tinder and Facebook profile thanks you for your, your picture <laughs> taken. I've seen some pictures you've taken, and honestly, they're they're, they're incredible. So Thank I, you. I, I appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, you know, I love when I go on Instagram and I see the LCC men's basketball, and I'm just like, all right, let me see what were the best photos I took yeah, yeah. today. No, there's some great shots in there. I mean, you guys do a great – thank you very much mm-hmm. for that. Uh, transparency on that kind of paper deal. So last year we did three of them. We uh-huh. did one for the LCC women. We did one for the Parsons boys and one for the Lebec County girls. The reason we were able to do that is those league and conference titles, when they were going to happen, were extremely predictable. Gotcha. Okay. And so because we pre-printed them. We right. printed them before the game was decided. Right. Parsons was, I mean, if you remember, Lebet, the Lebet women were playing a bad Fort Scott team. Right. The Parsons boys were playing a very young Chanute team, uh-huh. and they were really. And the Parsons boys were really good. It's not that Chanute was even that bad. It's that right. Parsons was really good that year. And the Labette County girls were playing were really good, playing an average Independence team. Gotcha. So when we print those, we sell advertising. But if they never see the light of day, that's that's trash for us. That we invest. That's money exactly. down the no, drain. We have sense. to give our advertisers sense. money back. I know my date myself, but it's like the, the Dewey wins holding a yeah, Truman holding exactly the paper right. So. so I remember I printed. We we have done them once where we trashed them. This yeah. was years and years ago before you even got here, and so we were much more selective in doing it now. We wanted to make sure there was advertising no, behind so, it. Yeah. So that's why they weren't there. But I made sure. I I I thought to myself, okay. They're going to get one of the best recaps I've ever written. <laughs> right. And they're going to get a big deal in that sports section that day. The, the Cardinal so, Sin, the headline. That was that, the, that was the semifinal. Oh, semifinal, okay. But okay. yeah, the, that was a t- that's a good headline. That's tough, that's tough, that's tough headline. That's a good headline. <laughs> what was the, I'm trying to think what the headline was for the uh, – I think I just put, you know, LeBet Wednesday Hawk or something like that. I remember the recap was good, though, because Jared really went in depth into how he was – really his whole mindset over the last two weeks, because as we know, his – you know, his wife gave birth to a son that had to 
sit in the NICU for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know the last that the last two or three weeks of the program had been pretty tough, had just been strenuous. Right, right. And, you know, and I think culminating with that conference title and telling the story behind that was what I aimed for. Definitely. I guess the question to you on that is, how much of the program had you felt like you had to take over as Jared was dealing with with the birth of his son? I'm sure you ran more of practice than you were used to. I'm sure you had to take more of a um, hands-on honestly, role. Honestly, it was a testament just to the guys being to adjust. Um, mm-hmm. We had different, you know, um, practice times and different things like that. And how we got to games, sometimes it had to be all together and, and one kind of, you know, people move or bus ordeal or yeah. the bus itself. But it was more of the guys, nothing extra that I really had to do or, you know, mm-hmm. and um and me and Jerry both relied on, on the guys being able to adapt. And that's the biggest thing I get to the credit to them, yeah. being to adapt and being ready to go when we, we did have to change something. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about him a little bit. I, I want to ask specifically about Gage Keenan. Mm-hmm. What what do you envision his path in basketball beyond this season? Does does he come back? He could come back to LeBet. He He's short. So it, he his the type of offer he would get is it, there's some of that level chopped off the top just because of what his height is. Possibly, yeah. Regard, disregard, regardless of anything else. Right. He's a great player, though. He's smart. He's a and he's a good character kid. What, what I mean, you may know the type of offers he's fielding. What do you envision his future at? Um, I don't know right now. I'm thinking probably a a, a high major D two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, anywhere, which would be a good role for him. It, but anywhere he goes, it could be a low a, a low major D one. Anywhere he goes, he's going to compete. He's going to get time. He's going to mm-hmm. produce. This is what he does. He's a at all levels. He just he he, he puts the, the the ball in a bucket and he and he, he guards and he does what he needs him to do. I've never really seen him have a. Now I'm sure you have. And I don't see him every day, but I, I mean I see him on the you know quote unquote on the street sometimes, just walking in the gym in between practices. Right. I see him at you know at softball games or at baseball games occasionally. I've never seen him even with like a bad expression on his face. No, no. I mean he's he he seems to be a very he seems to have kind of figured out something in life that not a lot of people do, which is. Be up, be and be steady, right th- through it all. And you know, I think a lot of people could learn from that about him. Definitely, and he's matured beyond his years. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it now; he's he's probably thirty now. I don't know he's been <laughs> here, but he's uh, he's he's always been that kind of kid. When we first got him here, too, mm-hmm. um, coming in, we were, I guess, two was it two years ago now when he came in. Um, that team was probably our most talented team, top to bottom. We were stacked. Um, he came in. That team had Frank on it too, if I remember correctly. No, he came in the year after. I think it was the year after Frank. Okay. Um, we had Torres Dobbs and we had. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You know, um, KK, Keandre. Mm-hmm. Keandre Kennedy. UMBC. He's six, well, six man of the year yep. in, in the conference there. Um, Keandre was good. And, and Gage was the one to end up starting from day one. Yep. You know, it, I don't think anyone really envisioned it. I knew what kind of player he was when I was recruiting him, but mm-hmm. um, he's always been that slow and steady and done what he needed to do. Hit the game winner in the very first game back this year. It's true. Like, at Allen. Yep. I mean, he he is, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's, he's. And, you know, the joke I gave to him now is he's a Parsons native. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Parsons native, a Parsons point guard. Yeah, he is. There he's he a is. good kid. Uh, we, we got about a minute left. Jason, what is, what's in this, what's the biggest thing on your mind right now as we go into this? Maybe you do, you don't get the at large. Uh, teams got to test. The caveat that we were talking about at the start of the show is teams got to test negative for for COVID ninety six hours before going to the tournament. If a team pops positive and they lose, I don't know what the NJCAA is going to do about that. But I would imagine you guys are going to look into maybe we practice for a week or two, and if one of those teams can't make it, you guys will raise your hands and say, "Hey, we're Jayhawk champions with a good at large resume. We've been practicing for two weeks. We're ready to go." Right, and I kind of I have to see what happens with the selection show tonight. 
I know in the... Uh, I think the D2 is Monday, which Monday, I guess oh, that's when this okay. show is recording. Gotcha. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I know that uh, on the D1, NCAA D1 side, mm-hmm. the, the pool was kind of shrunk down to who would go and replace yeah, certain teams. Yeah, they selected replacement teams. Right. I don't so know I don't who know those among the them. Yeah. Well. So, but we told the guys, you know, there's a chance we could keep playing, obviously. Be smart. Um, you know, don't ruin our chances now of, of continuing to play on. Yeah. Stay the course, and we'll let you know, obviously, what's, what's ahead of us. For there you us. go. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. You guys are, you guys were a fun program to watch this year. A lot of, Lebet, I feel like had a pretty good year. Obviously, I don't think the Lebet women had the quite the season they envisioned, but at one point they were ranked number one in the country. They're still a good team. And I think Mitch still has them going in the right direction. They just kind of, that shutdown killed them. And then you look at what's, you know, baseball got some good wins over Neosha County. I think baseball's starting to improve a little bit under Alex Copland and, then you look at you look at softball. They're ranked right now. Softball is a bullying people. They're oh, tough. Yeah. They're a <laughs> they're, good program yeah, over there. Tough. Uh, I, that'll do it for the war room. Uh, go catch some Lebet Cardinals athletics. If you're going to go to a baseball or softball game, you got to sit in the outfield. But uh, uh, you know some good things over there happening um, at LCC. That'll do it for the war room. Thanks again to Coach Henson for coming in. Uh, good luck for the Cardinals down the, down whatever this year may hold <laughs> and uh, beyond. And that'll do it for the war room. I'm your host Sean Fry. Stay safe and God bless.